Hi, folks. This is Paul Friedman from the Marriage Foundation. And our topic today is marriage, a spiritual contract, a relationship based on love. So, David, what do you think about that as a topic today? Uh, I think it's a topic that is not discussed, the spiritual side of a relationship. So, yeah, I think it's a fascinating topic to see where the connection is and what you th- what your thoughts are about that. Well, as you can imagine, I have a lot of thoughts about <laughs> this. Um, it's so very rare that you don't have a lot of thoughts about anything. And I think if people knew you, they would know that, that <laughs> you know, one of the things I've loved about knowing you for all the years I've known you, Paul, is that if there's... There isn't a question or a topic that I can't, that I ask you that you don't have an opinion on. I mean, it, it's, fa- oh. no, it's fascinating. And you are, I, I've always thought you're the most fascinating person I know. And it's because you really do, not only do you have opinions, but they're well thought out opinions on things that you just wouldn't think that, you know, that you'd have it, but you do. So it comes as no surprise that you have a lot of thoughts on this as well. And, uh, well, I have to confess that I've had a lot of brilliant mentors in my life, and uh, occasionally I'll have an original thought, but it's more, my my original thoughts are more along the lines like one of the great oxymorons would be deep fried chicken on a organic whole wheat bun. Those are the kind of original (laughs) thoughts that I have. Um, Okay. But I, but I, I do love this particular yeah, topic. We're, we're going to say um, the deep fried chicken on a uh, holistic, or, or, organic, organic whole wheat bun as another topic of a podcast today. Today we're <laughs> so, going into is marriage good. is marriage a spiritual contract? I think this. Yes, is, I, I think this is going to be fascinating. I really do. I'm inter- I'm I'm excited well, about doing this one. You know, the question actually arises because, as you can well imagine, I I know and have known many marriage counselors and have trained many marriage counselors. And over the years, I developed sort of a um, a way of deciding whether they were worth spending my time with. I don't mean to be arrogant, but a lot of them are so confused and they like their confusion that now I ask them a question. I say, are you a soul who has a mind or are you a person who has a soul? And, and they tell and they tell you and, that, that this is one of the classes that they took to get their psychology degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so what they actually learn and profess and push on people is that the idea of a soul is abstract hmm. that even and and they back that up they say love is an emotion and i just shake my head i mean after all of these years and my experiences i know and i know you know and if anyone thinks back to their experiences with real love they know that love is absolutely the most tangible reality they've ever experienced. Everyone who goes to a wedding, who's ever gone to a wedding, has had that experience while, whether they're participating or not, all of a sudden there's this moment when, when your heart is just overwhelmed with love. And 
The mind, I say the mind, fights that because it can't wrap its arms around it. It's too big. So on one level, you feel it. On one level, you really do feel it. But where does that feeling come from? Well, that's it. That feeling is actually the reality. Hmm. What's not a reality are all of the thoughts and sub-feelings, you might say, about that feeling that pop up in the mind. The mind is temporary. The soul, which is what we're talking about, love, the which is spiritual, because by definition, if you can't touch it, if you can't experience it with your five senses, see it, touch it, feel it, hear it, if you can't experience it with your five senses, but you can experience it, that defines it as spiritual as opposed to material. The senses cognize things that are material. The true you is a spiritual you. There's so much confusion here because people run away from the idea of spiritual because they have their memories of what happened to them in church or synagogue in the mosque with some particular clergyman who they recognize was only human and try to quote-unquote, sell them something. Not everybody. I mean, there's some uh, clergy who are just powerfully beautiful people, and they're deep, and they're spiritual. But a lot of people have had adverse experiences of religion. But identifying yourself as a soul is not a religious idea. No, I don't— It's a spiritual idea. No, I've known you for a long time, Paul, and this is—you're not talking about espousing any religion whatsoever— but you're but you're talking about who we are. So are we yes. this are we this body? And, are we this mind? Or are we a soul? And well, let's back into it. Let's back into it. Let's back into it by um, looking at why we get married, and use that as the starting point. Now, most people, if you ask them, why did you get married? They're caught off guard. They can't give you a good answer, which is unfortunate. Can you imagine you're doing the most important thing of your entire life and you can't tell me why you did it? The people then catch themselves being caught off guard and they say things like, well, I met my soulmate or I fell in love with him or I fell in love with her or more pragmatic, I wanted to have children. I don't want to die alone. I like companionship, etc. But none of those are really the answer of why we get married. There's a real deep answer. Now, the shallower side of the deep answer, if you're following me, it's a two-sided coin. And the shallower side is that we want to be happy. And you're going, well, what's shallow about that? <laughs> and granted, In the context of how most people think about marriage, that's not shallow at all. We want to be happy. That's why we get married. And it's doable. You should be 
wanting to be happy. You should be wanting to be happier every single day of your lives. And you should have that expectation that marriage is going to deliver it. Now, it's unreasonable to have that expectation if you don't learn how to drive your marriage, so to speak, how to work your marriage, because it's not a ride at a theme park. You can't just expect it to deliver happiness if you if you just wait for it to come. You have to know how to do that. But much deeper than desiring happiness, because happiness, as you know, can be fleeting. Let's say you want a, a brand new Mercedes, and you get it. After a while, it's not going to make you happy anymore. It's fleeting. It's temporary happiness because it's based on a fulfillment that is material. And our material side, well, think about your body. It starts out where you can't even use it to walk. Then finally, you get to use it effectively. You can play sports, run, jump. And then it starts getting older, starts deteriorating, and then it's gone. So even your body is a temporary pleasure. How does a marriage connect to your spiritual side, Paul? How does it connect to a, your soul? Good question. So you don't have a soul. Let's, let's clear this up. You do not have a soul. And I'm not the devil saying that I didn't steal your soul. In fact, you are a soul. You don't have one. You are one. But you're in a body. You have this. But think of your body as a garment that when it gets old and worn out, you leave it behind and you go get another one. You also have a mind. And the mind has different levels. And you take most of your mind with you, but the part of your mind that is interactive with this creation, that you leave behind too. You leave all your worries behind. Of course, when you put a new garment on, you come right back into the world and you have to pick up where you left off. And that you that discards one bodily garment and picks up another, that you, that is who you are. You're the soul. And and what that soul is, and I can speak to this, frankly, because I started searching for this answer in 1972. And I know through meditation that when my body is still, when my mind is still, I am. It, even in the scripture, I think it's in the, I don't remember if it's in the New Testament or the Old Testament, there's a passage that says, be still and know that I am God. And that's what that's talking about. And there's also another passage that says, if thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be filled with light. So that's who you are. Well, you think, well, you know, I started thinking about this last night, Paul, and I thought, for whatever reason, the topic came up and into my head, and I started thinking, you know, we're on this planet for pretty much at best about 100 years, and we, but we know that 
just scientifically that that the universe has been around for billions of years and if and that if we feel that our life there was a purpose to life and there's a place that we're going to go to beyond this the body is a very short we we have a very short usage of this body and this mind That's so right. what we're left with is i is our soul because the, the body doesn't come with us the the mind no. I, I don't know how the mind comes with you, but but your soul does. So how do you how do you connect that to the way you live your life and the way that you are in your marriage? So that's to me, this is very cool. When you really break down what's going on in the world, we know that the world is brutal. I mean, everyone says, oh, I have this great friend, da-da-da-da-da, and then I have many friends, I only have a few friends, but the friends I have I can trust, and da-da-da-da. But the truth is, you're here pretty much on your own. Most of the world, in reality, is treacherous. In fact, it's almost shocking that they call this world Earth. They should call it treachery. <laughs> I get it, Paul, that this, what we're given is not an easy thing. Even the people, even the people no. that look like they have the easiest time in the world because they're born into wealth struggle. Cause you know, you, you read about them committing suicide and, and all the other things that they yeah. struggle with. I'm not going to say that nobody has an easy life. And I'm not even saying that, that life can't be good because it absolutely can be, but it is, we're not put into a place where we're just given this free ride. Just enjoy it. Um, you're, you're not in a playground. Um, you're. This is a. This 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 road, road. This world, we're put into to deal with things, and 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 yes. we're all dealing with things, obviously, to different levels. Now, here's the good news, and I think this is why I got into helping people with their marriages because. This part of it is so cool that it's mind-boggling. The one thing that all of us should be doing while we are here is striving for the ultimate sukkor, which is unconditional love. We should all want that more than anything else. Oh. If no, someone is, is that, holds is that a in one, spiritual thing, Paul? I think it's a human okay. thing. I I think it's the human condition. So you you don't think that, the, that that the soul is what that's what the soul wants us to achieve while we're here. That is what the soul is. The soul is love. But we can't experience it because of all of the filters that the mind puts on us. So we lose our sense of enjoyment of creation because we're caught up in making sure we have enough food, making sure we have proper housing, making sure we're not getting sick next week, and all of these really mundane so things. Like, so we lose... So it's almost like a complex test that we're put into here with life of... 
some people see it as a test. I, I, I used to also see it as a test. And after meditating almost 50 years, I no longer see it as a test. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to become one again in the future. But what we all want is the same thing. And that is the joy of connection to love. And bringing this thing back to marriage, because this is the marriage show, marriage is this compact space that only two people occupy in which they can express their hearts without any danger of being ripped off. If it's done right. When you know how to do it. That's right. And the big shame of it is that people don't know that. And that's why we did the marriage. I got to put in a plug for the Marriage Foundation, David. Give me a second here. So I started the Marriage Foundation. I used to be a divorce mediator. And I was unhappy with seeing all these people getting a divorce who really shouldn't have gotten a divorce. And so I started looking into this marriage business, you might say, not as a business, but, you know, marriage, What what's it all about? And I made some discoveries and I started helping people with their marriages. And a fellow divorce mediator said, Paul, here's $1,000, start a foundation, we got to get the word out. And I said, okay. I started, gave him back his $1,000, of course. And we have been producing enough material for people to really, really change their lives, change change their marriages, and, and, imp- and improve and improve yeah. their lives, Paul. I think that's the 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 key here. From your pro, from my perspective of your program, it's a different it's it's a different but very effective tool to bring to bring yes. joy and happiness into your life in a way that in a way that's that you right. can't get from anything else. And and since and, and, and it and we're talking about, you know, is is marriage a spiritual contract? I have to say that I've used the techniques that a lot of the techniques that you've described in your program. And what they do is that they bring they bring something to me that I never thought I'd have. It's a feeling that, you know, it it's, a, it's hard for me to describe the feeling. It's there. I feel it. I feel that when I'm with my wife, I feel the relationship we have like that. But it, And it's unlike anything else I've ever had. And it's something that we all can have. Um, and it, it does connect me to, I feel like it connects me to a different level here. It's, it's not like anything. It's unlike anything else that I've achieved in life. You know, there's there's the business right. stuff, there's the athletic stuff that I've had when I was younger, and there's and, and there's certainly things that I've that I feel like I've achieved through life, but there is nothing like the feeling that I have from the love I have in the relationship I have with Pam. Nothing That's like right. it. So it is. It I think it is. Con- for me, it feels like I am connecting to a different level on this plane while we're here. And, yes. And now is it yes. now going back to the question is marriage a spiritual contract? Is that what I'm feeling here this am I connecting to 
my soul? Am I connecting to a different level? When you feel love in a true form. Well, let's change the word contract and use the word pact, P-A-C-T. Because it's more of a pact. A contract implies that I'll do for you, you do for me. And if you don't do for me, I'm out of here. So you're saying it's not a business. It's not a business. In fact, thinking of your marriage in that way as a business is one of the killers of marriage. Because your expectations are brought down to a very mundane level, which deprives you of the lifeblood that you're seeking in marriage, which is love. So the pact is that I will love you with all my heart, mind, and soul without any expectations of anything in return. As as long as you sign a prenuptial contract. (laughs) (laughs) And your partner is, I'm going to let that slide, and your partner is basically saying the same thing. I will ignore your flaws. I will expect that I will be working on my own flaws and I'll never interfere with you working on or not working on your flaws. I'm just going to love you, period. And it's a very high bar, but the return is off the charts. It's what you describe. When you have zero expectations of your husband or wife, Oh, my God, will I be getting letters about that? But when you have zero expectations and you learn to control your mind and make sure that your mind, which is almost based in fear, you might say, does not have the ability to interfere with this chosen path of yours, you will feel what you described, which is ever-increasing love and joy and happiness. Now, you can't just do it any more than you can take the Ten Commandments and and just do it. You know, they're high-level guidance, and you need to learn how to devise a plan underneath that. And that's what we do at the Marriage Foundation. By the way, I got I got to go back to pitching the Marriage Foundation. I'm sorry. But... If if you have a question or anything, it's a free service. You could write into the Marriage Foundation. Go to themarriagefoundation.org and go to Ask a Counselor and peruse the site, see what we have to offer. And if you have a question you'd like us to address on the show, you can call in at one eight five 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 ask tmf That's one eight five 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 two seven five eight six three one eight five five. Five two seven five eight six three. One more time, one eight five 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 two seven five eight six three. God bless you if you just memorized that. I still have not. So, <laughs> so going back to this, is it a spiritual pact? And the answer is, that's all it is. The other stuff, like how we interact. You can learn all that stuff, and you should, how to communicate in a positive way. You know, the psychologists today, the therapists, they espouse learning how to argue. That's insane. 
Why would you ever argue with someone who you love unconditionally? And people will say to me, well, but what if my husband says this or my wife says that or does this or does that? And the answer is very simple. So what? It isn't going to kill you. It's no big deal. Well, raise yourself up and love your partner. Give your partner unconditional love. Don't worry about what they said. Don't worry about what they do. If it was a mistake, they'll either discover it on their own or won't. If it has an immediate impact, you could do something practical to mitigate any potential damage without rubbing their nose in it. You treat them with the utmost respect, utmost love that comes from a desire to express only love to them. And that's the path where you're learning how to love unconditionally. And you should write that down, folks, because this is it. I got married to learn to love unconditionally. That is as spiritual as it gets. You can't just love unconditionally. There's a lot involved. You got to train your mind. You got to reduce your fear. You got to hold your tongue. And along that vein, Paul, if we're a soul that's going to be around forever, you know, we we leave where we leave here and we go to this next whatever that level is, the next phase. I, I, Let's call it a resting place because this is this is the okay. school. So. Are are we gonna okay. go are we gonna go to that resting place and or that next level and be the person that complains about everything, the person that wants the first <laughs> the, the, the entity that wants to go, you know, I need to get this out of my system and tell you how I feel because it's really bothering me. Or are we gonna be somebody something that learned here how to be a better person? And that, and that, to me, starts well, connecting to your marriage, because... Well, hopefully. But let's use a metaphor, okay? You, let's pretend you're having a really tough day, and you go off for a walk, and you find yourself at the entrance to a path on a hill, and you climb that path, and you get to the top, and... 360 degrees of beautiful view. You can't even remember how tough your day was because now you're in a completely different environment that allows you to be relaxed. There's no pressure. There's nothing coming at you. And because it's so beautiful up there, when a memory comes to you of what you'd been facing during this troubling day, you ignore it and you choose to enjoy. But then you go, you know what? I got to get back and face my stuff. So you climb back down and bam, you're right back in it again. And that's what life is. And then you die. And then you're in a place that is overwhelmingly peaceful. And then you go, And you don't have to, but we have free will. And stupidly, we go, I'm going to go back. I have some unfinished business. Well, that unfinished business that we have 
is learning how to love unconditionally. Because if you're here, even in this world, where everyone is out to get you, to take from you, God forbid you should make too much money, everyone wants a piece of it. But if you learn to love those people, your enemies, as they say, they won't bother you. So the training ground for learning to love unconditionally is your marriage. Well, look, at you've, you've, take, you've made a commitment differently with this person than you have with anybody else on the planet. You've taken a vow. You have, you have said, this is going to be my partner. They, they weren't like your children born to you. Yeah. Who are thrown so at they, you. They, right. This is somebody that with your own free will, for whatever reasons yes. you took, you've said, this is going to be my partner. And and if you yes. can't be good with them, where can you be? Well, I'm going to take that a little bit further. This vow that you made was not to them. Okay. It was a vow. It was a simple vow that you made not to them, which means their vow was not to you. And if you start thinking, well, they made this vow to me, you've just blown it. You've just reduced your pact to a contract. And a contract is mundane, and it pulls you out of the state of love and brings you into the state of mundane reciprocity, where you expect to receive because you give. Right. Uh, yes. Which does. Right. Right. And, yes. and, and I know people use the word marriage contract all the time. And I think there is an yes. embedded thing in that, that, you know, she, yeah, I, I expect this from her. I expect this from him. Yes. You know? So. Yes. And it's. Uh, Expectations are a killer of love. They're a killer, therefore, of marriages. Anytime you want to know what hurts a marriage, just think about, will this hurt love? Is this in contrast to loving behavior? If it's in contrast to loving behavior, it's going to hurt your marriage. If your marriage is based on the spiritual principles of unconditional love and happiness, and if they're not, then you don't have a good marriage. And there's no such thing as an okay marriage. Your marriage is either like amazing or it sucks, frankly. If it's okay, it's moving downhill. Because when it's based upon love and you're floating in love with your partner, there is nothing I, like I, You know, it. I know what you said could, could be a little... At least I think what you said could be a little controversy with somebody that they're saying, you know, I don't have a marriage that sucks, but it's not where I want it to be. And I know that's not the place that you come from. Your goal is to get everybody to feel what you feel, what I feel today in my marriage. That is, it's the reason to be married is to feel that feeling. Right. And to, to accept a marriage as being, you know, it's fine. We get along okay. You know, I don't like a, a lot of things that they 
my partner does bothers me and and I just put up with everything and I just I'm just going through the motions in it. I think in your mind it's not where it's just not where it could be for you. And if and if and if, <laughs> and if you and if you no, and if you're gonna do all. this, get that feeling. You know, what you describe is true. It's what people do. You know, they just, they say things to us at the Marriage Foundation, because you could write in and, you know, we get these all the time. And people say, I just want to have my marriage back. And I go, no, you don't. Our counselors go, no, you don't. You have an opportunity sitting right in front of you. So imagine, imagine this. Imagine you've never seen an airplane. And someone gives you one. And it's a beautiful airplane, spacious, private jet. But you're not familiar with what an airplane can do. So you go in this airplane and you go, well, it's okay. It's a little tight in here, but I guess we could live in here. Because there's no concept that this thing can fly, can take you above the clouds can take you to Hawaii or Puerto Rico or or some other beautiful place when you learn how to fly it. And marriage is the same thing. People get in, it's okay, but they don't know how to fly it. So they settle, which is very sad. And it's doable for everybody to learn how to live your marriage spiritually. Everyone can do it. And it's not a question of laziness. It's just a matter of deciding, yeah, I'm going to learn how, and I'm going to have the kind of marriage that Paul and David are talking about. I want that. And and I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm 100% there, Paul. I'm saying that I, I feel, I, I have this feeling now that got me to the other it got me to connect to the side that was missing in my life. Right. And to me, that's what's important. Right. And I'm not saying that it can't improve because there's no question that I think I can improve. I can improve myself in, in our marriage. It's that. If, well, you but do. It, it is. If I, if I didn't feel this feeling, I, I would today say that my marriage did suck. So I think it's, why do this? Why go through the motions in a marriage when, when it is there for you to have this feeling? Because it is amazing. Right. So if, I think if you, what you're saying to people, if you come to the Marriage Foundation, if you use the techniques you're talking about, what you're trying to do is to get people to have that feeling. Get them to where That's right. they can experience real love because just to come you, that's right. you know you can come into the marriage foundation to improve your marriage great if you, if that's all you really want to do is get it to the point where it's improved and i could tolerate it and it's better than than the horrible stuff that i had that's fine and and if that's your goal because you will get that you will get that but since you're on the road why not just go for it why not go to why not go That's to right. have this incredible feeling that you can't get anywhere else on this planet 
a real connection right. to your soul, the real connection to love. And That's and I get it. There there are people that go, you know, I'm going from horrible, I'm going to unlivable to okay, I've used these techniques and now my relationship is livable. And maybe I just need to keep this livable while I have children while you know we have children and I don't want to put them through a divorce and all the other stuff that that could happen. Maybe that's your goal, and that's fine. You're going to get that from what you're talking about. But while you're there, why not take the next step? Why not take the next step well, he- and keep it going so that you do connect to a feeling of love? And, and, and you can do that on your own. You don't need your spouse to be 100% along with you to get there. You can get there yourself with what your, with what your program provides. Right. In effect, marriage is an individual spiritual path that two people do together. Now, going back to what you were saying about, well, I've come this far, that's all I want, but, you know, maybe I'll go further. It's amazing what happens that if you do our program, the course for men or the course for women, you hit a tipping point where there is no going back. You realize, oh my God, this is amazing. And it becomes all better and better and better and better. And there is no dealing with problems anymore. You're only dealing with, at worst, fighting your own mind when it acts up, which from time to time it will do. But otherwise... Once you're on the path, you can't get off it because it's too wonderful. It's the most intoxicating thing you can do. And these minor problems that people come to us with just dissolve into nothingness. They're gone because they realize, wow, I am feeling love for the first time in my life. Not counting what they felt from their mother. That's, well, <laughs> that's different. But like you pointed out before, this is you choosing to love someone using your own free will. I, I think there's no compulsion. I think it is. I don't have anything to back this up. It is strictly a feeling that I have. But I think the feeling that I got from having the love that I feel for Pam, for someone who's not my child, because it's different. Children children, parents, the feeling I have for my mother, for my dad, for my children is a different feeling of love than I had for someone that I chose. But the feeling that I have for Pam is something that will stay with me as I leave this plane, as I leave this planet. That's true. And that's why why I feel it's so important. That's one of the reasons I do the podcast with you, Paul. I just want, I, I really do want other people to experience that feeling. And it is um, because it is so amazing. It is so different. And it, it, it did not, I did not get it. You know, I, I married Pam late in life. I went through 50 some years with, you know, I think, you know, I feel like I love this person or this or that, because I did get married before, but I didn't realize what, what I really needed in life. And, and at a certain point, I kind of thought, I'm not going to get there. 
and and then right. you know i you know we talked for years and there were a lot of things that i used of the things that you talked to me about and then you get it then you get it and you start to feel that for the person you go wow this is something that i could take with me this is this is right this may be the most important reason i'm here that's right and the other, and the other stuff doesn't matter whether that's whether right. i've achieved that's financial right. success or whether i drive a nice car or whether i can run uh, you know a mile or hike or this it, all those things are whatever this may this is this may be the reason I'm here is to is to capture that feeling because I kind of feel like I'm connecting to a different level of something inside me. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? And it's so beautiful that you want everyone to have it. It's it's too beautiful to just want to selfishly. Garden. No, it's it's like it's like and a it's, secret thing that you go, yeah, I want everyone to feel this. And I'm talking about, you know, it not not the feeling that you have on your honeymoon. Not the feeling that you had when you gave your vows. You know, when you had the marriage ceremony. Not that day feeling. I'm talking about go a decade later or two decades later or four decades later and you still feel that you you still have that yep. connection that's that's just different it's not that it's it's um like paul i swear I, you know, sometimes in doing these things these podcasts with you i feel like i should be able to describe this better but because i cannot describe love is how can you I describe can't. love nobody I can't. can it's just this feeling of that and if you and that's why I, I think the topic of is marriage a spiritual contract? No, it's a pact, but it's a pact that you take that gets you to connect to a different level of yourself that I think everybody should experience. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's so beautiful. David, we're we're running into that old father time thing. I think this has been a wonderful podcast, and I invite people to call in with their own questions. Again, uh, 1-855-527-5863. 1-855-527-5863. One more time. 1-855-527-5863. Go to themarriagefoundation.org. See what we have to offer. And I think, David, you've done a great job of sharing with people that what you experience can't be shared. You can talk about you can talk about what it's done for you to some degree, but it is something that everyone can experience themselves. They just have to follow a particular process. And that's the beautiful thing about this whole thing at the Marriage Foundation, we're able to show people mechanically how to achieve something that is as unmechanical as is imaginable, which is love. You can 
have it. it it's already there. You know, it reminds me of, uh, before I let y'all go, I heard a story many years ago about a saint, and someone went up to this saint and said, Sir, how do I find God? And the saint laughed. And the seeker said, Why are you laughing? He says, Well, you're like a fish in the river asking where the water is. <laughs> and so, <laughs> because God is. And in fact, one of the great expressions about God is God is all in all in the universe. And people should understand that an actual synonym for God is love, capital L, love. Not the, I love my car, I love this dress, but that love that you've been trying to describe, that feeling that is so much bigger than everything else that you have that is material, that everything material is a speck on the sun in comparison. Love is that great. And every person can experience it. And the shortcut to experience it is their marriage and learning how to live their marriage the right way. That's a great way to end this, Paul. All right, then. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say thank you for joining us, David and mm -hmm. folks. And hopefully we'll see you or talk to you next time. God bless and take care. <laughs>